0: Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of Mr. Speaker Speaks, the podcast that informs, challenges, and inspires. This is real talk from real people about real things. And it's also the show where the guests get to speak. You can learn more about me at VincentTEdwards.com, and you can join the online community at Vincent on where you can get exclusive access to seminars and trainings and much more to help you pivot into your purpose with power and precision. Remember life is all about purpose. My guest today is Bishop Larry E. Perkins, the prelate of the Western Florida second jurisdiction. And we're going to have an in-depth conversation with him on today. This episode is sponsored by the Knight Law Firm, specializing in personal injury law, criminal defense law, and family law. You can call them at 850-513-3151. Learn more at KnightLawFlorida.com. That's KnightLawFlorida.com. The Knight Law Firm, the representation you need, the service you need deserve. Like always here on Mr. Speaker Speaks, you know, we open up with a prayer and then an inspirational scripture, and we are blessed to have Bishop Larry Perkins, and he's going to open us up today with prayer. Bishop, it's in your hands. Thank you, Pastor Edwards. Greetings,
1: everyone. Glorious Father, we thank you. We honor you for who you are. Thank you for for being there with us every step of the way. We thank you, Lord, because we're inviting you right now to be in this midst. We ask asking, Lord, that your presence and your power and that fresh anointing will lead and guide and honor us, Lord, that we'll be able to share. If it had not been for you, Lord, where would we be? So therefore, Lord, we ask you even now upon this broadcast, let the glory of the Lord, the power of God, speak to someone's heart. Let someone know even now they can make it. Let your power, Lord, direct someone right now. Encourage them from the depth of their soul. And we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor Edwards. Thank you for the calling that is upon his life. Continue to strengthen, continue to honor him with more of you and less of himself. That your will will be done in his life. And Lord, we ask you one more time that you be in this conversation. Speak to our hearts, Lord. And your servant will say, well done. In Jesus' name, we pray and praise. All the saints of God say, amen.
0: Amen. Blessings. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop, for that wonderful prayer. Our inspirational passage of scripture today comes from the book of First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17. And the word of the Lord reads, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. They labor in the word and doctrine. First Timothy chapter five, verse 17. My guest today is Bishop Larry E. Perkins. He is a native Floridian from Dade City, Florida. He shares his accomplishments, dreams, and vision with the love of his life, Missionary Hattie Perkins. They are the proud parents of two adult children, Christopher and Brittany. Bishop Perkins received his bachelor degree in business management from the University of South Florida. And he's been in the ministry for a long time. He entered into the ministry at the age of 19 and received Christ at the age of 16. So today on this show, we're going to find out about Bishop Perkins And see what inspired him, what motivated him, what kept him going so that we can also do the same. And one thing I want to make known, full disclosure, Bishop Perkins is my bishop. I am so glad and so proud to be under his leadership as one of the churches in uh, the Western Florida second jurisdiction. So I want to let you all know he is my bishop welcome to mr speaker speaks bishop how are you doing today hey
1: pastor i am doing extremely well and i hope you're doing well this also because truly we all know god has kept us all day long we're still glad about it
0: uh yes indeed i'm gonna start out with a with a light question here um because you know when when, when you around your pastor or you're around bishops and they have this certain air to them. And and a lot of times we think that they're serious all the time and they like, they never have any fun. They're also close to the Lord. I had the opportunity um, to sit with the late uh, Bishop Chandler, David Owens um, at a breakfast. And he said, you come sit right next to me. And I really enjoyed the conversation and I found out something that was so amazing. He was a very humorous person. I mean, he I mean he would make you laugh, but from a distance you wouldn't see that. Bishop Perkins, what's the one thing that you can share with people today that they would be amazed to know about you?
1: Well, Pastor, you begin to just think about some things and and just know that uh I like things so simple, so easy, and believe it at home. I'm real quiet. I even one of my favorite television shows still is Andy Griffith. <laughs> I, recorded, I recorded his shows, and ain't nothing like watching High ending and Barney figure situations out. So I don't follow many shows, but I st- I still have a liking to Andy, and I I, I can't I can't find uh Jed Clampett anymore, but 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 Andy still. So you'd be surprised <laughs> that I sit on the sofa and I just laugh at that corny humor, <laughs> and uh, nobody understand it, but uh, I record the shows. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's still still something I enjoy enjoy doing. I, I'm just a very basic, simple person. It's my mom raised us, raised near uh, farming and all, and just learned to treat people. mom would always tell us, she says, uh, show kindness, because kindness speaks more of you than anything else. And she said, she said, it's easy to be mean, but it takes something to be kind to of folks. So, and I've kept that and it has never, have never left me of uh, just try to be nice to people. Treat people the exact way you want to, you want to be treated. Uh, there's something that also hits my heart for, and it has never left me. You say, for the Lord see it, not as a man see it. Mm. I just remember that scripture. For man looks on the outward appearance but the lord he's the only one looks on the heart Mm -hmm. he don't just looks on the heart he looks in the hearts and from that we understand that god says a good man's steps are ordered by the lord and god will delight in his ways so we're in a generation where people make judgments from what they see on the outside but if you really want to know something, Pastor, the closer you get to God, the more you align yourself up with his principles and his power. You you begin to see that God says, I'm bringing you up because I'm giving you my heart. So what the Lord is looking for, he's looking to see himself in you hmm. and, there go, and there goes promotion. So when God doesn't see himself, then he says, OK, my work begins. Wow. That's why we yield to the Holy Ghost, because man looks outward. what God says. I got to build me, make me a man, shape me one up. And that's that's just a principle that I, you know, I've just tried to live by, continue to live by.
0: Wow. Yeah. So we talk about that shaping and molding, and it appears that you were shaped at an early age. What was life like growing up as a young man in um uh, in in? Uh, Indeed, in, Dade. in yeah, Dade my, city. Yeah, income, you know, it's a very, very small
1: city. You know, the place. You know, I grew up in a place where kind of everybody knew everyone. I received Christ when I was uh, a junior, junior in high school, and that's 1973. So you count the count the years up from 73 to all the way 2021. That is a very, very, very long time. Saying yes to the Lord. When I became saved, I was the first of my group. And my friends didn't quite understand what have you done, but I stuck to what was in my spirit, and that was to walk with God. So growing up was was a it was a beautiful thing, even though we didn't have very much. You just learn how to enjoy what you do have and allow God to begin the process. This is something that all of us have to learn. Allow God to begin the process, to do what he has to do in you before your time runs out so here all these years have come and gone and i'm still saying yes to the lord so yes to his will
0: so were you an only child
1: oh no it's four of us three <laughs> total of four i got two older sisters and uh one my one sister was four years older than me and one sister's 10 years older than me and i got a younger brother he's i think three years three years
0: younger so, so what yeah. was it like did did you what yeah. sibling challenges did you face uh, did did you did you get I, I, picked I on or did you, you pick on everybody
1: way. I tell you the challenge is just let let your sisters be your mama you'll live you'll live the, you'll live the child <laughs> and so my sisters were my second mama and <laughs> so wasn't, wasn't much challenges with them because they were the boss still a boss if I let them but uh <laughs> so so it just, it's just kind of like that, let them run and fall in line. I've always had an inkling to, as I used to watch my sisters, uh, get ready for different things they were going to. So I gotta, I just kind of like watching how clothes match and how colors came together. Something I still, it just, it just catches my eye to see how people pull things together. So I'm always admiring things. As God has blessed people to do what they do and be who they are. So it's just so I had a very, very, very just kind of one of those kind of lives. Very simple, very easy going. And we didn't have I didn't grow with didn't grow up with my father.
0: Hmm. That so was gonna be my next question. I was gonna ask what was yeah, so, one of the lessons you know, that I you learned from your amazing. father.
1: Nah, no, I didn't. It's amazing how that works with many of us. So I identify now with struggle. I identify with single mothers. And it's ne- these things have never left me because my father didn't have, and I didn't get the father influence. So I got some from my uncles and some from friends. And, and I thank God that he gave me his presence in my teens. And, uh, but, and that, that is something that's weighs. but I want to tell God, thank you in spite of not having. God keeps. And so many young men, young women grew up like I did and you have to forgive. You have to let things go. You can't hold things against someone cuz they did not do. And so I said, well, our father didn't didn't show the interest or send the funds, but nevertheless God still makes us. You know how the scripture says, your steps are ordered? Yes. And all things work together for the good. Yes. So God takes these issues and then he used that to turn you into what he desired to turn you into. So we have to look at it like that. Whatever happened to you, if you've yielded to the Holy Ghost, he has now used that for your good. And so therefore, I don't complain. It's just, it is, and someone said, it is what it is. If, we, if you had your troubles, you'd rather to have it. But since it didn't happen, God still gets the glory from your life. And so many of us, need to take a step back and say, Well God still He still allowed me to grow up, still allowed me to appreciate life, still allowed me to understand and why people do what they do and then have a spirit of forgiveness.
0: Wow, a spirit of forgiveness and and that's one thing that really is hard for a lot of people. You say you really identify with the with the struggle of single mothers. What does uh, what did you learn, and what do you share with young men from that experience? And what would you tell young men about being a family man, being a godly man? How do yeah, you it, talk to them?
1: Well, I've always, I've always tried to. And when you say identify with with a struggle, you have to admire those ladies and and men who who have had to raise their children and had to orchestrate with a. With we just one income at times, sometimes it's enough, sometimes it's not enough. So what I have have spoken into men's life and say, listen, God wants you to be what He desires for you to be, and that's to stand up and take your rightful place and be the type of person that a that a young lady would uh, especially, and you can say, and a young man would enjoy being around. So let God continue to do inside of you because you haven't just made yourself available. You will place yourself in a position that God can give you to someone and have a great, and have a great life because marriage is, is no laughing matter. So God has to prepare you for that and build you for that and honor you with someone in your life because uh, it's, not, it's nothing worse getting what you think you want And then finding out is not what I wanted because God has to, I've just found out God has to continuously make the person build the person honor the person with himself. As the scripture says, and then you will be fit for the master's use prepared for every good use. So I've said to young men over and over again, let the Lord make you. You think you're looking for a wife? You should be looking for the Lord. And if you look for the Lord, my God, he will make you a shining example of what it means to be a good man, an available man. Same way with a woman, same same scenario. You know, whatever you're speaking for, make sure Christ is at the center of it all.
0: In all of your, your years and being in ministry and looking at the church, and even today, there are more women typically in a church service than men. And you got saved at an early age. In your opinion, Bishop, what is it that keeps most men from accepting Christ um and having the women so receptive to it and coming along and building a relationship with God? What prevents men from doing that
1: It's you know what that is multifaceted multi level that you understand the whole thing, you could fix it in a minute, but I think women's hearts are just. Almost for lack of a better word, they just seemingly just close to the Lord. Men are stoic, and they make they make their points, and they're harder to convince. But once you convince them, then you have someone who are, who will stay. And I've kind of majored in opening up our church that men could come into our church and be a part of. Seven and a half, I think I've had about eighteen deacons now. Remember when we didn't have one? But I've I've tried to make it conducive. And so if you want to know if you want a church so that men can walk in, pastors can't be the boss over the men all the time in every situation. Sometimes just let the brothers be the brothers. And so I I allow them to make decisions that affect them with the the men singing groups and in different situations so men can see you as a figure that they can identify with. And so you ask the question, what keeps men? It's because sometimes men just don't identify with what they see. So I try to do, make myself conducive. I take at times my, my spiritual hat off and be a friend, be a brother, uh, sit with the brothers and eat chicken wings and, and y'all don't have to get me no chair. I'll sit with what's available. And, and so men see you. And the scripture let us know Jesus ate with those men. He became part of them. He called them friends. So what men has to see in in our churches, a place that they literally fit. Women are, you know, that's why you got to give God the glory for women. They are adaptable fast. I mean, they really can fix any situation of men a little bit harder. But once they see it, They'll, you know, they run in and they'll find the spot. So, there is no one set principle, Pastor, that allow a brother. But I do know there is one central theme, and that is you have to make it, uh, make it available and possible that a person can see what you have, and say, I can identify what way he's doing, where he's going. And sometimes you have to make your your vision a little bit clang- clear. You have to make it a little bit freer. You don't want to walk around and be a king in the church because men don't like playboys. Mm. They I mean, they want to follow, but they just, they can't. And they and you won't be able to get them. So on one hand, I try to be as regular as I can. And on the other hand, I try to be as spiritual as I can and let the Lord blend it and what comes out comes out. Mm. But it's, it's just honoring God and looking at what you have to work with and saying specifically what you want. And then the Lord spoke something inside of my heart when there was no men in the church. Just a judge and say no, but just a couple. And the Lord said, nothing happens until a man stands. And I took that to heart. He said, you're going to have to learn how to stand and stand in a, in a sense that men can see you as strong and not manipulative. And there's a huge difference. So I took that to heart and I started studying what it took to be strong and how to stand. And, and, and I think I have some of the principles down in my spirit, but you keep on learning. This is a learning process. Of, and,
0: of and,
1: it works.
0: and that's powerful. It speaks a lot about uh, your leadership style, which brings me to this question about about leadership. When you look at the way you lead and what you've learned what leaders have inspired you and admire and you have admired along your journey to where you are now
1: and that's amazing a good question you start <laughs> looking down through this, down through the years and and the leaders have inspired me they've all been different and uh one of my fathers in the in the, in the uh in the Lord going to be with the lord already right, is superintendent David Thompson I succeeded him as superintendent and he for me, he was a man's man. He was he was something special He's to the point. If he didn't like something, he'll tell you right to the point and just say, 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 we're not going to do that right now. But he inspired me and say, if you look to the Lord, you can go anywhere. He had his own way of doing motivational talks in my spirit. He said, Elder, I'm about gone now. He says, time for you to literally allow God to continue to do in your life. And, and I heard him speaking. He said, well, I'm going to stick around just a little bit longer to the Lord he speaks to you. And he, that man spoke to me, superintendent, the great superintendent, David Thompson, where we used to have our convocations, uh, in Western Florida for years and years at Bay street church of God in Christ. He was named at that time. It's West, it's West Orlando name now. And he did it. And believe it or not, Bishop, Bishop Shepard was special to me. And, uh, that one, his death, affected me probably as much as any person I've ever, ever in my life who had passed. It was just something about his style, completely opposite from Superintendent Thompson. But, but Superintendent, but, uh, Bishop Shepherd had a heart for God, and that inspired me. I could tell he loved his God. It came across, and I said, My God, that's it. And matter of fact, the inspiration was when Bishop Shepherd passed away. that was the other inspiration that said, say, "Listen, time for you to go ahead and build your buildings build your build your life center now and because it just it just allowed me to know Bishop Shepherd's not coming back, and if you're gonna stand, you're gonna have to go ahead and stand and do it he 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 was just he was just he said not just a nice guy. He was a funny guy, but he was a holy man, <laughs> a loving man. And you know what? I'm sure his family, but you miss him today. Oh yeah. And so they're all different styles. But to what you do, pastor, with all of us, we learn a little bit from here. We get here a little, and the Bible say there a little, <laughs> <laughs> and we use those things so God can he can take us because the Lord says something like, "Hey, I'm taking you down to the Potter's house," mm. and when I get you down there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remake you. I'm gonna mold you. I'm gonna pull a little bit from your band teacher or something. I'll pull a little bit from your art teacher. I'll pull a little bit from your mother. And that's how God builds us. He allows you to see. Matter of fact, how, what helps you? Seeing things in life that doesn't work. Can inspire you just as much as seeing things in life that does work.
0: <laughs> and I'm have, God I, uses all of it, <laughs> all of it, and I'm gonna have a little fun. You can go ahead and 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 do like a, the the late Bishop Shepherd uh, um, would say and say, "I know I'm right. <laughs> I know I'm right. <laughs> yes, yes, I know I'm right." <laughs>
1: Is it bees we here? We, we might as
0: well go ahead and, and get to the good part. Yeah. Yeah, beast yeah, we might as well have some church. Oh yeah. So and in, in your own words, Bishop, what does church mean?
1: If you if I understand, are you talking about? You saying church? Are you talking about the services we go to? Or and, are we talking about church in our heart? So I'm, make be, sure we're on the same plane when I try to answer this. Yeah, we so, church. You mean like what we, the church that we haven't been doing for the last year. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, <laughs> just in general, because you know, a lot of times people say, "Well, I'm going to church," and then they use yeah. the phrase, "Well, man, they had some church today." Yeah, but what yes. is The church. I mean, realistically, because we 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 have a different perspective of it. But what really is the church? And if I say the church, what does it mean to you in your own words?
1: Mainly, mainly, it it means to me at this stage, Pastor, it's the greatness of a relationship can never that never goes away. Church speaks to me that it's at the highest plane there is, and it's almost like when we do come together, the gathering of the saints. And I hear it in my spirit this way, the sum total of the blessedness of us all, no one person has it, but all of us coming together, it is a blessed event. And it's just, it's a relationship that uh, nothing can compare to. And that is the gathering. And we look at this, the gathering of the saints, the speaking of the word, the singing of the songs, the, and uh, those who, who do praise and worshiping. And, all those things, so, so church is inspirational. It's all of these words, is motivation, is correction, it's direction. Church is God warding you, coming to a place in our souls where the Lord allowed this thing to happen. One comes along, along and plant. That's what church does. Another comes along and does warring of that which was planted six months ago. And then God stands back and say, What church is, is the increase from God having spoken, having words been spoken to our hearts over a period of time. Therefore, the scripture lets us all know you shall reap what you sow. So it's the blessedness of God. And more than anything else, the ultimate of church is just one thing. Church is the ultimate, the presence of God hmm. that permeates Himself in us not shouting not necessarily dancing is god himself as the bible call it the hope of glory that's that's god manifested himself you know in these uh in these physical bodies so church got these layers and layers to it but it end up being what you really ultimately this god's presence being manifested wherever we sit and so recently you know we've had the have church where we can have church, and the whole ultimate is hopefully the presence of God shows up
0: the presence so, of the Lord, yeah, and that's what we always want. And we talk about church when I grew up, I grew up down south, Fort Lauderdale Beach, and oh, okay. I, I grew up in the uh, eastern Florida, and I tell you, eastern Florida jurisdiction down there, uh, at Emmanuel Church of God in Christ. I grew up, and oh, wow. we, we had church all day every day yeah. i mean it was like my dad was a, a deacon and then he became a, a preacher and we opened the doors of the church closed the doors of the church it's like we always at church it's like how do you have a family life and it's like man we go to i mean from, <laughs> i mean it's just everything was church 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 oh my and, God. So and you got
1: with with mother curly walker and 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 pastor walker you before then ah uh,
0: yes it was bad. my dad it was in seven nineteen seventy nine. 1979 um, we okay. started going to Emmanuel Church of God in Christ right off of Sunrise Boulevard back in, in that area. And, okay. uh, you know, and I didn't, you know, didn't know much about the organizational structure except we going to Sunday school and we be in church at three and four o'clock, have to come back yes. at, at six o'clock yes. and have <laughs> night service and we didn't get out till 11.30 And I'm like, Lord, have mercy. That just, I said, when I turn 17 and I leave, I ain't going to nobody church. <laughs>
1: All right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord has said differently and I bring that up because back then it was just church, church, church how do you find that balance and you know and I'm leading into this with all that you have to do and now being a bishop what place does your wife and did your wife and children have in your ministry? And how did you balance that? Give some insight to those ministers who are listening today. Because one thing that stands out, I uh, my my pastor at that time, he passed away, uh, the late Lenny Lundy, he called me to the oh, side and he yes. he had a conversation with me because I was I was young then. He said, I want to tell you something. He says, if you ever become a pastor and, and you get into ministry and all this, he says, I there's one thing that I would change. He said, have some balance. He said, you don't have to be to the church every time the church doors open. And he said, it took me late in my life to find that. What can you share with us, Bishop, about what role your wife, your children have in the ministry and how do you balance that?
1: Yeah, and you're talking about a a very tough, you're talking about a sacrifice and people whose families are in ministry pay an ultimate price because ultimately it's nothing but the time. It's only so many hours in the day and the ministry has a way of requiring sacrifice and the one who pays the sacrifice many times or family, wife, children. And I definitely have not been the best at it, you know, it, it been the best answer to this. But what I have tried to do, that those who were in my life, let them know that they were important. Let them know that, God has brought us together and let them know that I do appreciate and then I've watched their lives blossom but but it's it's if I had to go back and look it all over you know try to do it again, you'd almost have to set some parameters because when you're in the middle of fighting a bull, you don't have parameters you're fighting the bull mm-hmm. but if you know you're gonna be fighting a bull then you'll you could you could do better, so I we would say to to. Ministers or say to anyone who's starting, you have to be able to almost be able to say, here's my vacation. I'm going to take this particular day off or of these particular hours. I don't really get days, days off like I used, like I really would desire. So I take I take moments. But Mondays are usually my day. I've been off for a year and um, do things, go places, just sit and enjoy each other's uh, company as well. But, Pastor, that, if you had to say, that's probably the most outstanding issue that's uh, affecting ministries today, and that is keeping the balance. So what you have to do, the Bible says that he almost has to speak to us that way. But he says, if any of you lack wisdom in any area, he said, let him ask of God. And he said he will give to all men liberally and upbraid if not, and it shall be given him. So pastor, this is one of the things that one has to say, Lord, I need real wisdom because all wives are different. All children are different. Show me how to best utilize what you've given me so that my family will stay intact. And so they don't grow up hating the church. They don't grow up despising, uh, uh the ministry which means the work of God and so but 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 Pastor one one say Father in the name of Jesus help me to make the decision today that will cause you to be glorified and cause my family to say yes I appreciate what is being done
0: and not
1: and not uh hate the ministry or look at the ministry as something that has stolen from them. A person don't mind working if they still feel it hasn't stolen from them. And so it's no one answer, but it's something that has to be observed often. And every minister has to go on, go on this observation platform. The Bible says to us, we're not one who beats the air. You can't dodge around this subject. Mm-hmm. Now what are you doing? When's the last time you had some time off? Uh, When's the last time you've able to delegate some of the things so that you could minister? And I'm guilty because I've got this. And it's not nothing you brag about, but I've always enjoyed working. But in the name of Jesus, you have to say, Lord, how are the people around you doing? And there goes, I have to give so much credit to my wife Hattie because she has learned to flow, be a part, be my number one. Cheerleader and there goes the difference. Pray to God He puts somebody in your life. That's the prayer that can flow with who you are, where you are, and you can flow back because without that you won't make it. So that if I had the one prayer, I would pray Father help every ministry team that's together that they learn how to be able to build each other up, flow with each other, and yet keep Christ first
0: pastors ministers are typically you know they're still constantly giving giving of themselves their soul their spirit their energy what do you do to get recharged how do you nurture your soul
1: yeah i like reading pastor i just like reading books all kind of business books I still read. And I'll, I'll go on these long walks. I still do these. So what do I do to kind of charge myself up? A lot of times I'll, I still take these five. I, take, I do five-mile walks every day. And if I miss a day, I'll catch you the next day. I just uh, did, Today I had to go late, so I did about 4 o'clock. And I do these. And it allows me to talk to God. And it's been a major charging block. For one thing, it's a good health thing. But another thing, I use it to this detox. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes, I just talk to God, and uh, and then sometimes I just go and just start reading. Some of uh, I've always I've always enjoyed buying books, and so I just go and just read a book. I don't do I don't do uh, movies as well, but and I like reading. Always loved to read it. Mama said, "If you want to know something, go read about it," and uh, so that has stuck. If you want to know something, go go read about it, and that's my way of kind of, kind of tipping out. And on top of that, in spite of this, pastor, everyone needs friends in their life. You want to know what do you do? You must have friends. Mm. So I still maintain certain friendships before I was bishop. Wow, bishop, and it doesn't really matter. They're still my friends. Somebody said, "Well, if you get elevated, you won't talk." That hadn't changed. So I was telling everyone. You know, to anyone, you know, you need you need personal friends in your life, people you can talk to, people can be who can be straight with you. And and without that, you're off balance right there because if a person thinks he or she that they don't need They don't need anyone. Then they're sadly mistaken and then find something that flows. I used to love to ride bicycles. I got this. Got this Italian bicycle. I used to ride Bianchi bike. I go out 20 miles and ride. I don't kind of feel like doing that as much now, but I just now I just walk. And that was really my way of relaxing. You find your spot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like just baking. Some people like doing things with their hands. Some people are good with their hands. And they can uh, uh, do things of that nature. It just depends on who you are as a person. And then, and then make it. Some people like going to the, going to the shop. And I don't like doing that. But the others say, I just... I just like going, walking around in stores looking, but uh, it depends on you, bro.
0: It depends on but, the individual. Bro. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, we learn a lot of things in life and, and, and you know, playing sports, um, ups and downs. And yeah. you typically learn more in adversity and in hard times, like teams learn a lot when they lose rather than when they win. Yes. When, when you look at your life, what lesson have you learned through the humbling of God? What lesson yeah. did he have to, uh, what did he take you through to humble you?
1: Yeah, that's amazing, bro. So you look back and you've dealt with all different types of situations, trying to keep the church or had some bank issues, but God allowed me to literally go through and, It seemingly there's no one you could talk to but him. And you're not walking with God till he allows you to have your own personal midnight hour and no one's coming, just you and the Lord. So the Lord can finally say that scripture to you that the trial of your faith. You know that scripture.
0: Oh yeah. Much
1: more precious than a gold that perishes. It went on to say, though it be tried with fire, might be found with praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. So the Lord is on purpose allowing what's inside of you to be placed into a position that it has to be purified. So I look at adversity a little bit differently now because I understand what the Lord is up to. He said, I'm usually allowing that which is not of me to be taken from you. That which is of me, it becomes stronger and better. That those three things come, you know, prevalent inside of our inside of our life, which God called it praise and honor and glory. So, so all these adversities from having to stand and wondering how He's gonna how we're gonna make it. I remember out of nowhere we were asking God for a new church at one time, and I said, Lord, I know you're able. And lo and behold, He provided with a miracle, and we got our middle facility now, and I still have it, and we paid $10 from it to the government. Wait a minute, and
0: Bishop. So- how you buy a church for $10? You know, every, <laughs> every, every, all these pastors out here renting and, you know, looking at land <laughs> yeah, and, and looking for buildings, and you get a church for $10. Yeah, Come on now. Come on, Bishop. Yeah. You got to share that one now. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was, uh, I tell you what, uh, back in the, uh, early 90s, and in uh, our our first little building, we had twenty by four, uh, thirty by forty or so, and it was our church. Nice building, nice. And we didn't knock it down. We still have it today. And uh, I look out the window. I say, "Hey, saints, let's start thanking God for our new church." I said, "Look out this window," and uh, and that was the. And we say, "I said now nah, let's start clapping for our new church," and eventually the uh, expressway was coming behind us building you know they stretched the road going going all throughout the city and there was a church not far from us nice church and it was in the way of the expressway I negotiated with the uh, expressway and uh, we bought the church from the expressway and for $10 Mm. and Once we bought the uh, church from the Expressway Authority, they didn't want to do it because they said, you're not going to pull this off. So what we did was we moved that building. We cut it up and moved it in four parts, uh, 12,000 square foot building, you know, Mm. and put it back together. And God blessed us. And it was a it was a real honorable feat. But God God's walked us through it. And we still have, and we guess what? Still our middle building now. It's another thing, like a youth sanctuary. Six, seven, eight classrooms in it, three offices and all those things in it. And and I want to tell God, thank you. So what God does, he'll give you success, Pastor. Okay. And you learn from it. It opens up a door. But from success comes real adversity. See, so you have to, when God has blessed and honored you, what he does has, he's preparing you for what's next. And people don't want to realize sometimes your next is to prove that you are with God no matter what. So I look in the 90s when we, I'm in God, what a miracle. What a miracle. The church bought a building, moved it, put it back together. There it is. Almost craze at a $900,000 building when it was all said and done. And put, but when it was all done, we paid $10 and put 100 in it maybe to make it look real nice. And you look up and say, boy, look what the Lord has done. Bishop came and dedicated it. But then if you keep walking, the Lord says, I'm going to have to show you something. If I did that for you, I'll keep you in adversity as well. So we don't, we don't look at the big picture and the Lord's trying to help us to teach us. Every blessing he's done for you is to prepare you when you go through your midnight time. We don't like nighttime, but night times are essential, necessary, absolutely geared for your good success with the Lord. So some pastors right now are wondering, Lord, what are you doing? If I tell you to look back at a certain point in your life, and you'll find some, some success when God proved himself. If he proved himself then, now he's trying to show you through your adverse situation now, he is going to bring you out. And so you have to kind of wrap your mind around this whole entire process of how God thinks. Because of like a, the first thing I was reading to you, he said, I wanna uh I want to teach you with the word triumph, and it's like highly successful highly successful example of his achievement inside of you. And so adversity just becomes a point, a place where God has to say to you, watch me bring you out. And so it's, it's, it's almost a perspective, Pastor. You're looking at these things and you're trying to wonder, what is God up to? He's up to everything. Mm. Your adversity is nothing more than just this spot in your life that he has to show you. He said, why? So that when you're finished, he said, you'll be found with praise. There'll be honor there and there'll be glory there. And so then God moves on to what's next wow. and inside of our lives. So yes, yes, sir. I've seen it. Wondering. Bottom have dropped out, almost lost everything. But guess what? God brought us all back. Now we're doing better than we've basically have ever done. But we keep walking. Because let me tell you something. Still, things are going to come where I'm not going to see the answer. But God's going to always provide. So I can say to every leader who can hear me now, know this, that God has his hands on your life that God is preparing you because he's not just preparing you. He brings, as you were saying earlier, he put that purpose of himself because he is knew the acts, but Moses and knew the
0: ways. He knew the ways, and that that's so, and learning Lord, the ways—that's a hard man. thing. <laughs> that's right.
1: That's right.
0: Because everybody can say, "Gimme, gimme, gimme!" Yes. <laughs> hands yes. out and pour. You know, we want we want that. I, it just reminds me when they got all upset and they say, "Well, we want to hear from God too."
1: Yeah. <laughs> they got to exactly. the base
0: of that mountain. <laughs> they say, "Now, Moses, you go. <laughs> you, you you good, Moses? You do. You,
1: you go. You go. We, we good. We good now. We thought we wanted to hear."
0: Yeah. yeah. And so it, it it takes, you know, wanting to have that relationship like That's that. Right. Yeah, one sure. of one of the things in most Christians lives is the one thing that we need to do but we fail to do and we find it difficult to do. And with that, I'm just going to say congratulations uh bishop on your elevation uh to the next phase of the ministry with our new um presiding uh, Bishop yeah. Bishop J. Drew Sheard um, elevated you to the co-chairman of the National Prayer Ministry. Um, I want to yeah. say congratulations on that. So that <coughs> must mean, you know, you, you co-chair the National Prayer Ministry, that you yeah. are a man of prayer. And most people find it so hard to pray. Talk to us, Bishop, about prayer, the importance of prayer, and how do you maintain a prayerful, yeah, pr- prayerful life.
1: It is it is a driving force because I've I've learned this, brother, with not having a lot of talent talents, as one would have lots of talents. I have learned that everything derives on allowing God to speak inside of your heart. As the Bible said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions, but he prayed earnestly. And so the Holy Ghost turns to us and he says, If you be, if you get that in your spirit, that you become a person who pray earnestly. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And so God brings us to the point of saying, when I want something done, he said, I'll raise up me men and women who will capture prayer, seize it as an opportunity of expectation of what God is going to do next. So I don't look at it as a burden. I look at it as the greatest door opening that one could open. Because the Bible said, and Elijah prayed again. And the heavens gave rain. So it is the place where God opens up heavens and also shuts doors. So it's just it's all perspective. And I've been, you know, I just just like walking around. And then mainly it makes you want to say, okay, if I'm gonna be that person, let me live holy, let me walk before, let me walk before God in such a way that He can trust you. And that's what we want. So you can look at your adversity situation. And your trust with God supersedes any adversity. So prayer, and it's not so much getting on your knees and making your knees hurt so you can't get up. It is the walk that you and God have decided to have. And so you can sit in your easy chair, lean back and and have these conversations with God and allow him to lead and direct so I get to the chance, like like Samuel say, I like reading these stories, like got to the point where God didn't let his words hit the ground no more, which means you can walk with God in such a way he'll let what you say come to pass. You know why? Because you end up saying what he says and there goes trust, there goes honor, there goes faithfulness in another way. So yeah, it's it is the way in, it's the way out. It really is, Pastor, the keys to the kingdom. No. And, and someone just has to, to, to understand it for what it is. My God, God given us a chance that so we can come speak to him. The Bible says boldly speak, but you can just walk up into the kingdom and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you see what's happening. I ask that your presence and power I do it all. I do it a hundred times a day sometimes. You know, Lord, work this thing out in Jesus' name. I've done it so many times; it becomes your way of life. So me and God begins to have a develop a unique relationship. Not make you; it doesn't make one better. It makes this relationship you have with God. It's something special. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what God's gonna do. Uh, Bishop Bishop J. Drew Shearer called me, asked me to be a part of the the national, which is end up being the international. Prime Minister for the Church of God in Christ worldwide. Wow. To stand up and speak on behalf, come into the meetings, set set, not just set order, start setting an agenda. So I, I don't know where it's going, but it's going where God's gonna take it. So I yield myself to the Holy Ghost now. And God already knows. So I don't have to ask ask the presiding bishop to promote me. You know, whatever needed to be seen, he saw. And now we just gotta walk our way through it, get the word, and watch God bring glory to the house. So, so the greatest promotion that God can do is make you one of them kind of warriors mm-hmm. where you and God talk your way through it and make the devil behave. I used to say it this way, uh, Pastor. Okay. You go into the, the enemy's camp and make the devil behave.
0: Oh, my goodness. God
1: can send you somewhere right where the enemy set up camp. And you say Satan is not going this way. The authority of Almighty God say loose here, devil. And bro, that's the relationship. <laughs> you said earlier about relationship, but it's it's not it's a different kind of authority that you have with God. And so you say in the name of Jesus, I think it's yeah, I, I think it's not gonna go that way. And I think we're gonna bring changes here. Like you were asking about men, it's all centered around this. That premise, and I'm talking right now. You can set the atmosphere, Pastor, that your church is conducive for men to come sit because they're complicated, mm. and so get them to come sit. You set the atmosphere that God can send them. How did He do it? He did it. He did it through prayer ministry. Proud. That's what He does. Yeah,
0: prayer ministry. And let's talk about some of the the, the things that you've done in Western Florida. Second, Um, talk to us about the prayer and 100 days and stuff like that. And and what's on the horizon for Western Florida. Second.
1: Yeah, we um, we finished the Lord placed in my spirit January one to. uh, It to set ourselves aside for 100 days. And January, 400 day, January 1 ran through April the 10th, Saturday, April the 10th. And each, you know, each week we were doing something to glorify God, fasting, praying, reading scriptures and all, and and setting ourselves aside. It blessed my spirit in such a way because it set the direction in me mentally what God's going to do next. So what I see, what I see next God doing is, of course, adding more churches when one great church, uh, just uh, just join our, our jurisdiction. But God's going to do that. He told me that's on the horizon. You set the house up that so many men now can come and be a part. So, Pastor, you, I go and tell you before it happens, all over God's going to start, and we don't want Him emptying other jurisdictions to to uh, build ours up. But God's getting ready to bring that that standard for us second thing you'll you'll begin to start seeing uh special with, <clears throat> with leadership we're gonna do a beautiful don't don't we'll have the date right I think it's June nineteenth two day a two day leadership convention that we're gonna do for all the leaders it's gonna be very, very very special it's a little bit in house, a little bit virtual, a little bit pre recorded and to, to bless the bless the saints. Our convocation of course is is, is at the end of June, July. And my goal of it is now is to start just building up these pastors and leaders one by one, continuing prayer ministry. Let everyone knows that, that the hand of God is upon us. And God is bringing new life, whole life. That has always been my, you say, well, Western Florida second, the thing that I really wanted to see, and that was the peace of God. And so thus far up to now, I guess it's going on our fourth year. God has kept us at peace. I'm not saying we had no conflicts, but we have had a peaceful jurisdiction because that's what I'm asked, have asked God to do. And thus far, you know, and the second thing I'm asking God is to anoint these pastors, anoint these leaders, put glory in their life and it's going to increase. So what I see coming past is a powerful increase in the levels and areas that matter, thereby giving us the resources, spiritually, mentally, and at times physically, to do what God said. So this year will be, <clears throat> as we continue on, will be an exciting, great year in the Lord. And with his help, we'll we'll be able to say, look what God has done.
0: Look. In Jesus' name. Hey, Amen. Look what he's done. I tell you, I'm a, I'm gonna ask a little a question on the lighter side right now. I'm really enjoying this conversation tonight, Bishop Perkins, and I'm so glad you took the time out on your day off on a Monday uh, to yes, be a, <laughs> I, just, I wanted to let you know I heard that um, to be yes, a part sir. of Mr. Speaker speaks. You know, if we were to get uh, uh, missionary Mother Hattie, Lady Perkins, all by herself, and say, Mother. Describe Bishop in three words. What would she say, Bishop Perkins? Well,
1: well you asking me what she gonna say? You have to ask up what she says. Bro, you asking me a crazy question. <laughs> and the man
0: Jesus say, he, "He's a fool." You
1: ask him. <laughs> well,
0: ask me. <laughs> I like that. Well, Bishop so, took me straight so you to the power.
1: rephrase your question so it'll make more sense? I don't know what she said. She <laughs> probably would say. That he's a he's a man of God because she she's been me and her knowing each other since we were children, eight nine years old. So, and, and so we <laughs> known each other fifty some years. So I don't know what she say, bro.
0: <laughs> so you need to ask her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, hey, pastor, it depends. <laughs> Things are going right now. At least she's in a good mood, so,
0: <laughs> so it'll be all right. <laughs>
1: It'd be everything be everything be all right. But I assume she'll say some of the same thing we've been talking about that, you know, that she has watched me grow. And, and she know that I'm I mean ministry. Some people are fake. Mm. And they're so good at being fake that the family know deep down in that that they're not real. And this is this is life. And so she probably would say, she had to say that this is his life. And it's a little more than three words. What you see. And, uh, but it's, it's just, it's a way of life now. And so, but she has stood with me every step of the way.
0: All right. If I could just have a few more minutes, I'm just enjoying this. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to cherish this, this for a long time. You know, I, I, I Personally, I know you and you're a man that gives and and you don't expect a lot and you don't want a lot. You truly want to serve and, and put funds and things back into the ministry to, to grow. And you expect your blessings to come from God. I mean, you're one of the few um, that I, I've run across that truly really, really have a heart for ministry and for the people. But in October, uh, in October, uh, the second Sunday in October is deemed clergy appreciation day and all of October is clergy appreciation month. And I know you don't, you know, want anything. I'm just putting this out here, having a conversation. You know, yeah. if you, uh, you know, the, the, God says he would give you the desires of your heart. If there was one gift from the, your congregation, what would it be for clergy appreciation day? And if there was one gift from Western Florida jurisdiction that you would want, what would it be? I know I put you on the spot now because you don't. I I
1: just, let me tell you something. (laughs) See, everything's, you almost have to know the person you're talking to 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 almost figure out what they would say and what they wouldn't say. Right. And so.
0: And I knew this would be a question because I know you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So so when you start saying what's one gift, You know, I don't really, I don't have anything that I need for them to give me, except I want to see them give themselves. Give me yourself, which is given to the Lord. But as far as giving me some more money, you've done it, and they're going to continue to do it. Uh, Somebody say, man, I wouldn't mind having this, so I could go buy uh, a custom suit, uh, something that's you know, I've done that before, so it's not. I don't really have a uh, buy me, buy me something. All I want to see, Pastor, is people set themselves up to obey God, spirit, soul, and body, and and the rest of these things kind of work themselves. Out. I don't, and that's the truth. I don't really have a because every everything I I need and I want. I basically, you know, somebody said, "Well, you do you have a house on the beach?" Said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Just, you know, God's been—he's been extremely faithful, and and if folks have desire to do X, that's fine. Because I never put that no more pressure on them than uh, I just—it's just something I don't haven't done. Sometimes in- I'm criticized because I don't put more pressure on, but, but God's been faithful. That's. He's been faithful, and I don't—I really don't get into that. And, and folks have brought me some of everything. I—I'll I, take this bag that I bought me from app, iPad Pros to Mike Brooks to luggages, and I mean they've done—you name it, my church—they've done you name it, they have probably bought it. So
0: it's—I don't have a. And so I know a, and it, it, was question, it was
1: a and question. It was a question to bring
0: great. out your nature because I know your yeah. true nature. That's why yeah. I asked the question. So people yeah. would know that it, that's not what you expect.
1: Yeah, yeah, No, nah, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's in God's place, folks. God has put me, put me on the hearts of folks and they've been kind, more kind than you ever could imagine. But to sit and say, hey, come October. I need y'all to. That's not what my perspective is. Excellent maybe it shouldn't be, but it isn't
0: and i and I enjoy following your leadership and all the yeah. advice and guidance that you give yeah. because you stay true to scripture and <laughs> I like that Sola scriptura last couple of questions and i'm going to um uh end this interview for the pastors, the young ministers that are listening now, the whole concept of remaining balanced, staying focused, you know growing keeping yourself spotless, Keep fighting the good fight. All yes. of that wrapped up together in one bishop. What would you say to make all of that happen for an individual, a young pastor, a young minister? How do you stay in the fight and endure that hardness as a good soldier? Yeah.
1: That's exact. That's a powerful powerful word. And so the way the way <clears throat> the way I look at something is how even the Lord spoke a word. And it kind of went there and he said concerning Abraham, he didn't stagger at at the promises of God through what we call unbelief. But I found out over this extended period of time that if a person, here's the whole key to it, but if a person can keep their lives focused on what matters, what truly matters, somehow God always undergird them with himself. When God undergirds even a minister that's just getting started, that ministry ends up being what God wants it to, wants it to be. And so God is is talking to us to say just the same words you say, if you can endure hardness, I'm gonna show you how to seek me in such a way that you will be able to surround yourself. Even when things do fall apart, you'll know God is blessing you. And so therefore, what hit my spirit more than anything else, with every young minister, this word comes out from St. Matthew, it said this way. He said, arise and be not afraid. And so there comes a point in your life to every pastor, every leader, go ahead and stand up. Be not afraid that the God that's with you is always going to be with you. When it was time to want to know whether the disciples were going to make it or not, Gamil spoke on behalf. He said, If it be of God. So, what I want to say to every pastor, whatever it takes, you want to be a God man, God woman. If it be of God, you can't overthrow it. Even when it seems to be overthrown, you can't overthrow it. So, what you want to speak to a leader and say, Let that be your triumph for entrance song, I want to be of God. Camille spoke these words. He said, if it's of God, you can't. You, you can't overthrow it. But if it's not of God, it's already overthrown. So every leader say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let what I do be of God. And guess what? It will, it will last through your growing years. Just as, the, just as the, one writer said, give me one more year. And I'll keep working with this particular situation. And I'm gonna dung it and I'm gonna work it and and it will it it shall come to pass. So, so Pastor Edwards, I can say to a minister, he has to become extremely focused of saying, I'm gonna see this through and keep your keep your flesh, here it is, under subjection. Because it is your flesh that want to compare one to another, not wise. Keep your keep your ministry eyes focused on Jesus, and let Him build you up, and let Him grow it up. And in due season, it happens. Because many of us see something, and we want what we saw quickly. But if it happens quickly, that means it'll dissipate quickly too. So you've seen many overnight wonders. What happened to them? They gone. Great churches. What happened to them? It fell apart. Scandals. So let God build you. Let God uh, prepare you. And then when God prepares, whatever he prepares, he possesses. So if he can get in the preparation business, he'll get in the possession business. And if he get in the p- possession b- business, it end up being a triumphant business. And so I thank God uh, how he does his work as I'm standing back watching, I'm hoping to be able to watch over the men in Western Florida second to allow God to grow their ministries and grow their lives and build them up. And I'm trying my best to keep the competition out of the men because it's not going to work anyway. You just keep walking with God. He sees you and your gift going to make room for you. And there goes there goes the, the work of God. Be patient, as, a, as the writer says. Be extremely patient. And uh, so what one has to know, as God says, to rise and become strengthened to accomplish. And so that's what God wants you to do. I want you to become strengthened. And strengthened to do what? Accomplish. Accomplish what? Whatever he says. And it may take five years. may take less. may take more. But, but I got this in my spirit. To all pastors, it shall come to pass. Hold it out. It shall come to pass. Man, as I look back, 1977, I called into ministry, and here all of these years, 77, 87, 97, 2007, 2017. That's 40, uh, 44, 44 years in ministry. It's my 44th year. Uh, when January passed, and I said, "Look, look how good God has been," and He's, and He's now. Solidified me to be able to stand on this rock and say, It shall come to pass. So, bro, with the time I got left, I want to be able to say back into everyone's life, the time I have left on the earth, not in the broadcast here, but the time I got left, I want to be able to say, Come on, guys, let God be God in you, and it shall, it shall come to pass. That's it, bro.
0: It shall come to pass. Now, my final question, the classic question. I ask the majority of my guests as we close, when you look at your life and you look at everything what God has done and how you've developed your character, your behavior, your core, what's inside of you. Bishop Perkins, what matters most to you?
1: You just said it, bro. What matters, me, what matters most to me is to continue to occupy, till he comes and um, stay on, stay on track because it's called value assessed. And God is value, has a value to assess what is placed in my hands. And what's, what, what is placed in my hand is to, is to stick with it. As the man said, uh, he said, I finished my course. And then he tells you where we're headed. You want to keep the faith that God has placed inside of you and don't stop because the Bible let us know that we are we are continuing to run this race. And so what matters most is my ability to run this race with grace and have that what I call my own value assessment of saying, Lord, I did what you said. Bro, those go the words that I want. I'm doing what he said. And then I thought I'm gonna get to a point, Pastor, I have to be able to say, I did what he said. I obeyed God. So what matters most? And uh, in my conclusion to this, what matters most, I obey God. That's what matters most. It's all said and done. I obeyed God.
0: My Lord. Nothing else matters. <laughs> <laughs> well done, that good and faithful servant.
1: Somebody said, well, I don't know him like that. Well, you have to get to the point that you do know him like that. What matters most, Pastor, I obey God. I obeyed God. And I'm doing and I'm doing what he say. To the point when you become an old man, I did what he said. Right. So that's my take on it.
0: All right. Well well Bishop, I wanna tell you you have truly informed us and you have inspired us today on this episode of Mr. Speaker Speaks. I really want to thank you for taking the time out to share with us and to help us grow. And not only just grow, but grow in the Lord. Thank you so very much, Bishop.
1: Yes, sir. Pastor, my pleasure being with you. And I pray God's richest success upon what you're doing. And I pray that God will continue to open up a door for you and make a way for you and let the gift that's inside of you end up being what he called it to be because God's giving you great gifts.
0: All right. Thank you, Bishop. We're getting ready to close. You've been listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know the show that informs and inspires. Remember, visit me at vincentedwards.com. Join the online community at vincentondemand.com. Remember, life is all about purpose. Are you living yours? Remember, and all that you do, be magnificent until next time be good be blessed but most of all be a blessing to someone